Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the show. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast. I'm Monique, and I enjoy interviewing guests about veganism, overall wellness, and vegan entrepreneurship. This is truly a lifestyle podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review to help others find us. You can leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, come hang out with me on YouTube. I'm Brown Vegan over there for recipes and vegan tips. And as always, you can get the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com. So I want to find out how you're doing because I feel like over the last, I would say, year and a half has been your growth as far as your business, as far as your social media is just being wild. It's been crazy. So how are you feeling? What's going on with you? How are you doing? I am feeling really great. I'm feeling great. And I also feel like a sense of overwhelmness going on. I don't know if that's a word, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's very overwhelming about the, you know, the response and the people just coming out. I'm beyond grateful though. Like gratitude is definitely like living rent free over here. I know that's right. So how did you get started as far as building your brand online? Was it something that you were intentional about or you were just kind of just sharing what you were doing and it just went from there? It it definitely was the second thing. So my dad passed like a few years ago and I was working in marketing. Uh, I was a marketing manager for food and beverage in higher ed. And so I was just like, you know, doing my marketing thing. And uh, when he passed away, I always could cook. So when he passed away, I just started like just exploring different ways to grieve. And so I started writing, I started painting, you know, but the writing actually was doing pretty good. I had people sharing my stuff. It was pretty cool, but it wasn't like nothing big, you know. But when I started cooking, like I just said, I felt like it's like, it was like a switch. It was like, oh, snap, like this is it, you know, like I love this. <laughs> and I started sharing, I literally started sharing on TikTok first because I was like, I don't know. I just felt like everybody was doing it. So I was like, I'm just going to share on TikTok, you know, and just share my story on TikTok. And I did that and just grew into this. And then it transferred over to Instagram because my down with Daisha page was about weight loss. Like when I was in college, I lost a bunch of weight, like journey into like healthy eating kind of gained it back we're working on that <laughs> <laughs> but that was the whole concept for down with Daisha, but i was still cooking on there like randomly i would post my food and stuff but when i was growing on tiktok somebody told me to start you know putting the videos on the reels because the reels had just kind of came a thing and then it just been like an evolution from there and like even with the mushrooms, I want. I didn't. I never liked meat, friend. Like I never really liked. Meat. Really? No. Like I ate it because it was there. My I, I come from a country background, so I'm about to say you grew up in Alabama, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> My dad, I, I didn't like it because I don't know. I felt close to the animals or something. I don't know. My dad would bring home like goats and rabbits and fish, and I would name all of them and be very like just I was that kid you know and so whenever like I just I just stopped eating meat I just stopped eating it and I start I stopped gradually though I started with beef in college then it was chicken then it was you know I just kind of just grand gradually like let go of it and I said but I still wanted some type of umami type of flavor so whenever I discovered mushrooms 
I was watching the Tabitha Brownie uh, video. She had the lion's mane. And at that point, I had already discovered the oysters, but I didn't know that it was more. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get the lion's mane. And I found the lion's mane. And it just became like another like switch, like like a dopamine effect. It was like, oh, my God, I love this. And so it just, it literally turned into all of this. Shroomlicious was birthed out of this. All from me just trying to find a way to grieve, honestly. So you just made that your outlet, yeah. And it still is. Like, I mean, I woke up this morning thinking about my dad and I'm like, you know, it just, I don't know. It's still like, some of the last things he said to me was when, you know, we was in a comfort care center. He was like, you know, go back to work. He wanted me to leave. He was like, go back to work. Just go back to work. You'll be fine. Go back to work. And, you know, that could be perceived as unhealthy and healthy, (laughs) but far as like I didn't at one point I was working too much and probably still now but I understand the importance of self-care now as an entrepreneur but yeah so it's my everything my that I do is connected to him I love it it's like he's just living on and you're helping other people through him I love that yep yep yeah so what made you decide to become a vegan? Because I know you said, of course, you had love for animals. Or let me let me go back, because you may not even consider yourself a vegan. I think we talked about this before uh-huh. at one point, that you really don't consider yourself a vegan. So what decided you made you decide to embrace more of a plant-based lifestyle? Because I know your mission is more like plant-forward, which I love that so much. So yeah, yeah let's talk about that. So uh, yeah, I, I don't consider myself a vegan because uh, I, I think the vegan community uh, is awesome for like the mission and everything, but it just puts a lot of like, you know, labels on what the the goal is. I feel like if we want to change the world, we have to meet people where they are. And so, and uh, you know, I've, and I've gotten a lot of a little mean feedback from some vegan people being like a plus size uh, woman who loves plants. So I just like, you know what, I'm taking away. I'm not labeling myself as a vegan. I'm just going to be plant forward and I'm going to help people in my community eat more plants. Um, And so uh, I stuck with that and that has helped and changed so many people, especially locally. I'm in Memphis where the community is majority, you know, black and, you know, 90% of our customers at Shroomlicious are not vegan. Um, And so uh, we, when we first started, when we first started, we was offering a seafood option with our meal prep because we was a meal prep uh, service first. And um, we would say like, hey, like you can get that salmon this week, but you have to get four other vegan meals. Mm. <laughs> we ain't doing this. I said, listen, if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. I have a money back guarantee at Shroomlicious. If you don't like your food, I'll give you your money back. You know what I'm saying? And I have not yet to have that issue. But hey. yeah, I'm talking about, you know, a little light flakes. But um, <laughs> and so that worked. And let me tell you about the people of Memphis. They keep it real. You hear me? Like they, they, <laughs> the people keeps it real here. And so um, that has helped people get more in tune to like plant-based eating because then they'll like be, they'll go to uh, plant-based heat who he has like a vegan restaurant and they'll go to city silo. They have vegan options. You know what I'm saying? It just opens the world to it. And the reason why I decided, cause that's the initial question. I'm sorry, but the reason why I decided was because I just wanted to eat healthier. I always ate different from everybody. I just wanted to do something different and I wanted to just test my limits. I had did the whole 30 that includes me, but I had did the whole 30 and it was so hard, you know, to do that whole reset situation, but I did it. 
And so I was like, oh, snap, like I can do anything type situation, you know? Um, and then I did, I just start eliminating stuff left and right. I was in a whole relationship where I was cooking tofu for myself and I was cooking barbecue chicken for my ex, you know, ex mm-hmm. you know, like it was not phasing me and I couldn't understand it. And I literally just kept going and I, I felt so much better. Like, yeah. I felt so much better. And when you, when you feel that, like, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just hard to kind of like go back. Mm-hmm. It is. Now I'm thinking about what you said about as far as like the pressure of using the vegan label, because that's real. It's yeah. so real because people kind of box you in and especially people already in the vegan community box you in that you're expected to do certain things. You're expected to look a certain way. So when you mentioned as far as being plus size, what was your experience uh, with that as far as people, you know, saying things to you about how are you a vegan and being plus size? Was that what you're getting? Because I feel like that's what you were about. To, you're hinting that when you say that. I still deal with that today i've always been a big girl i've always been even when i lost a bunch of weight i was still considered big i'm tall i'm like six one who are you wow i didn't think that (laughs) tall i used to play basketball um i I should be like six foot i might be six one six foot it's six foot six one don't do like the men and you try to (laughs) try to make your height higher than what it is (laughs) um but yeah last time i checked it was six one so I'm, i'm pretty tall and I used to play basketball, so I'm athletic too. But even as an athlete, I've always been big, you know. So, and I used to work out all the time, eat healthy, you know. So, like when I lost weight, I still was considered big boned, I guess. And the women in my family are as well. Like you see, my sisters, they're big and we're tall. And so, anyway, I will say, and that is this is like an important part to me it's like whenever you get into the veganism journey it's like it's it, uh, vegan being on a healthy vegan is a situation too and I found myself getting into that last year when I got into entrepreneurship I just was like eating processed like soy based burgers all the time which I'm not the whole soy situation is something that I'm still learning more about but like you know I just was eating a lot of quick things and it kind of told on me. It wasn't helping me. So this year I have reduced it and tried to figure out how to balance, like, you know, eating more fruits and vegetables with me being busy all the time. What does that look like? You know what I'm saying? Like just decreasing a lot of like up, like a lot of fast moving and fast decisions and just kind of like making things easy around me because of this fluctuation of growth. Like Mm -hmm. it's so quick and it's just, you just forget about yourself in a sense. And as a vegan, you can do this. Like it, it can be unhealthy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm vegan, you know, and I dealt with that last year and it was the first time in a long time that I didn't feel good as a plant-based person. And so I was like, okay, let me do some rearranging. But my size, like I am, listen, I look good, man. And I yeah. always feel like I look good. I just, if I want to ever lose weight, which I'm working on now, it's because I want to lose weight. I don't do that for anyone. But people comment, like I got a comment earlier this way earlier this week about somebody who was like, you know, think it's time to to drop some pounds. I was like, man, you know what? That's a great idea. <laughs> like that's how I respond to them and say it's like I'm so glad you thought of it because I would have never thought of it. <laughs> that's how you was feeling. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
It's wild because for somebody to say that and they don't even know who you were before, like you said, you had get, lost a lot of weight. So they don't even know that you had lost a lot of weight because they just make assumptions of based on how you look today. And it's wild. The internet is just wild anyway, though. Yeah, it is. I don't, really I don't let it get to me. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Because, I, I mean, I'm just glad you didn't because I feel like your impact is so, so, so amazing. And it's so easy to get in your head about things. And if, I'm glad that that didn't stop you from showing up and being who you are and helping people. So that's that's dope as hell. Nope. That is dope. So as far as growing up in um, Alabama and then you, what made you decide to move to Memphis? Um, so I got a job here in Memphis. Um, we had like a company takeover. Um, and so, uh, they were like, Hey, we have some, um, some spaces in Memphis. Uh, do you want to move to Memphis? I was like, sure. You know, um, everyone told me not to move to Memphis. It was like, don't move to Memphis. Memphis is bad. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I'm still going to move to Memphis. I want something (laughs) different. Like (laughs) about the crime when you say that? huh are you talking about the crime when you say it's bad the crime yeah the crime is is bad and et cetera and et cetera but uh i've had a great experience in memphis memphians show up for memphians okay like i'm scared to even tell these people i'm not from memphis i've said it but i don't i think they ignore it like yeah shroomlicious was born in memphis i period okay, <laughs> okay all right <laughs> and so but i love memphis um but i moved here for a job and it just like I said, when my dad passed, like I was, well, actually he had passed before I moved, but I was making videos and stuff then, but I quit when I quit. It just was like, I just wasn't, it was so much. I had like that little step in life. I had, I was going through so much. I had just broken up with my, my, my boyfriend from high school. <laughs> um, and we like 28. So this is like, tough. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. So like, I had just a lot of emotional like distress. And so my therapist had told me that I really started grieving after I broke up with him. So like all of my emotions just kind of just like fell down at once. Like I was crying every day. I was like, mm-hmm. it was, it was sad. I, I, I'm not trying to make this sad, but it's just, just honestly what happened. And, and at that time I just kept growing on social media. I kept cooking. Like I would feel, I would leave work be sad, come home and cook. And then when the pandemic hit, like they wanted me to do so much. Like I was fortunate enough to be one of those people that had, that kept my job, but it was just so stressful. And I just was like, you know what? I'm about to quit and start my own marketing firm because I know small business owners who need marketing support and maybe I can do it. I had a savings you know, not as much as I, you know, now that I think about it, it wasn't much. But then I was like, this is a lot for me to keep going. <laughs> so, and then I I went in with a guy that I had met. Um, we did a lot of work together when I worked full time. He did like a lot of the graphic installations. And I am, I was, or am, I don't know, was a graphic designer as well. So I was designing spaces in the restaurants and like he was installing my designs. So we were working hand in hand. And like we started working together and it just we got into a big argument and I just told him, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do my own thing. I was already doing I had a few marketing clients, but I was I'm just going to go full time into my situation. And I was still cooking on social media, growing on social media simultaneously. And then my my trainer called me and was like, hey, man, cook some meals for us. And I was like, "Okay," And then like. 
yeah so just went from there just went from there wow so how has things changed as far as your process of uh creating content in the beginning to now it's changed drastically i understand how i should edit videos and how i just understand like you know what people are are seeing i kind of grasped that last year so then i was just making videos just 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 throwing whatever would stick <clears throat> and i was growing but there was a point of time where i was like okay like i'm not growing as much as i was like my personality trait is when i get into something i really get into it like you know what i'm saying so like I just get not into it for something like monetary reasons. Like uh, my curiosity is just like, hmm, I want to understand how things work the most effective way. Like, you know, so I was like, something has to be more than just making videos. Right. And OK, we see that people love food porn, quote unquote. They like to see food on Instagram. But what would make them just like stick around and I get the most people. I started observing the way other people did content. This is what I started doing like last year. Like I started observing the way people were doing content. Like some people were like showing what they made before they jump into the ingredients and kind of showing the best parts of like, the you know, like you biting down into the, like you getting your forking, you know, going down into the pasta and stuff. So I just started putting those little tidbits into my editing processing and my formatting processing, understanding understanding what a hook was and how to hook people on the first three seconds of a video. And that literally made such a big change in my growth. Mm. And I was like, oh snap, people are they're 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 list they're staying to watch the video. And then I learned that people like to see me eat the video at the end of the, <laughs> end of the video. Yeah, we gotta see you tasting that food that you made. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, okay, so I have to keep this in the video as well, or I'll start with me doing that. And then another big one was understanding like a theme of what I had going on. So I was like, I got to focus on mushrooms. That's And so, social media told me that I make a lot of mushrooms. I didn't know that at first. I was just like making a bunch of mushroom recipes and social media was like, girl, you know, you like mushrooms, blah, 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 mushroom, mushroom, mushroom. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm the mushroom queen now, you know what I'm saying? So definitely stuff just kind of just kept coming organically, but that is, that's just a lot of the changes. I just started studying what works best and studying the algorithm too. I, I, when the algorithm change, I know it changes. I follow people who, who inform me on like <clears throat> how, what kind of content to make what things to change and so that I just I I became a student of it basically like for example I just watched a whole episode of earn your leisure before we got on I was watching this morning as I was leaving the gym and just you know cleaning up and stuff this morning like and the whole episode is about how to master social media for 2023 so that's that's what I do in my meantime. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. So you can continue to grow and, and do your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does a typical day look like? I know, I'm sure a lot of your days are not typical, but just give me an example of a kind of day that you are enjoying as far as getting ready for your getting ready for your vegan experience, as far as your mushroom experience, creating content. Like what does that all look like when it's all together? It honestly like looks a little chaotic, 
I have a, a, a I have a method to my chaos though. Um, so what I do, I get up super early every morning. Um, I get up at four thirty a.m. and either I am going to the gym or I'm just kind of like just having my morning to myself to kind of get my brain together. I'll do work in the morning. <clears throat> There's this app called Brain FM where they like play music that that helps you focus for like periods of time. Um, I thought that was like all a hoax, but it actually works. It works. So I'll do like 30 minutes, an hour worth of work in the morning time. I have family that lives with me. So I would take my brother to work and come back and then just kind of get my day started with meetings. Like, you know, like for Shroomtopia, like, you know, I have somebody locally helping me like lay out the logistics for that and just talk about the core and stuff. Um, my schedule changes day to day. Like, you know, this morning, for example, I had met with Cynthia Daniels. She's really, really big here in Memphis with, with event planning. And we kind of just changed the trajectory for, trajectory for one of my events. So now I have to kind of go back and do the legwork for that. And then I'll talk to my assistant, who is my niece, and just tell her the updates and the changes that we done made, which is new, as you can tell, as you know. Shout out to your niece, okay? Shout out to your assistant, okay? She is she is doing the Lord's work, okay? Because <laughs> getting in contact with you and getting you all here was a struggle. And, and shout out to her for looking, for looking out. <laughs> yes, she has been getting me together. She literally texted me this morning, talking about something, can we talk about Shroomtopia details? I was like, yes, girl. She was like, I'm serious. I was like, okay. 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 <laughs> but oh wait, let me let me go back. So what is Shroomtopia for people who don't who don't know what that is? Shroomtopia is like a seven course mushroom experience. Okay. It's something that I dreamed about for so long. A lot of my ideas I I daydream about them or I, I dream about them. Okay. Even recipes. And so I dreamed about this experience and I just was talking. I was talking. I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm going to do a 70 course meal, blah, blah, blah. And my friends were like, okay, cool. I never really like, you know, thought to execute it. So I joined this mastermind um, where I was just cooking for this mastermind and I wasn't supposed to be a part of it, but I heard what they was talking about. And I was like, I want to join. And they made me like do like read a book and do a bunch of stuff to join. But I was sitting at a table with these very successful black women. And we was reading this book by Rachel Rogers called We Should All Be Millionaires. And she has a 10K in 10 day challenge on there. And so I was like, we all had to figure out how to make 10K in 10 days, right? Shroomtopia was one of those things. It was like, okay, I have to do this event. I have to do this event. I have to start ticket sales this week. So I literally like did the flyer, posted it on social media and I was pushing it and people were buying it, but it wasn't, it wasn't as like, you know, quick as they're going now because people see the experience. They're just basically like, they don't know what to expect. So they're just trusting that I have an experience. So we, that's basically how it happened. Every course features like a, a mushroom item from dessert to, we had mushroom tea, sweet tea that we now sell at Shroomlicious. And yeah, man, that's basically how it went. Like, you know, it's seven seven courses and it's an open bar. We do an open bar. It's 50 seat. It was 30 people at first in Memphis last year. That's the only time we did it. But we increased it to 50, but we don't want to exceed 50 people. 
Yeah. So, More intimate. Yeah. It's very intimate and it's plated and it's just a really nice experience. And I have a DJ who plays all like old school R&B and, mm. you know, I don't know if you noticed, but anytime I post it, I do like some old school R&B classic. And so, uh, yeah, so that's the experience and the people who it just, it went so well and we captured so many great videos from it when we posted the recap of it it just went crazy it would it almost went mini viral i was like oh my god this is crazy people in my dms you coming so so for shrewtopia so that's why we decided to do a tour um for it and do different cities yeah that's dope i love it i love it it's just like because mushrooms when i think about them right a lot of people it's either they love mushrooms or they hate them. When you were growing up, did you love them or did you have them? Because I know a lot of people also didn't really eat mushrooms growing up. Yeah, I love mushrooms. I used to always get them on my pizza. My my signature pizza growing up was pepperoni and mushrooms. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, but see, a lot of times people think, okay, mushrooms are like the, you know, the Bella mushrooms in the store. They don't really even sometimes think of portobello. They don't think of lion's mane. They don't think of oyster mushrooms. So how did you, what was your introduction like getting into those more lesser known mushrooms um, in your experience? Yeah. How did that look for you? So like I said, like with the Tabitha Brown event, I mean, not event, I'm sorry. The Tabitha Brown video, she uh, kind of introduced me to that. And then there's a local mushroom farm here in Memphis that does the lion's mane, black, per black oyster mushrooms, blue oyster mushroom, chestnut, golden mushrooms. I just started, I ordered like a chef box and I was like, I'm going to explore these. And like I told you, I'm a person that, of curiosity. So I literally was like researching on how to cook with these and I was trying different techniques but I was not like not recording I was recording all of it <laughs> so I was recording it and I was posting I was like this is what I figured out about lion's mane mushroom so we're gonna make some quesadillas and like and I would just that's how I was the curiosity man it just yeah. that's how it was just being curious and being I was amazed honestly on how it tastes so much like meat, especially the lion's mane mushroom, where like you use that press technique and the you know you can freeze and fry and it's just so many different different ways. So with shroomtopia, a lot of people never tasted those mushrooms before, like lion's mane. So I did my signature dishes there. Like I'm a private chef as well, so I cook for people in their homes um I could I've also cooked for some celebrities too which is crazy for me <laughs> and but like you know they they always order the same thing they order the steak and potatoes and um so uh, and I put it on Instagram as well so we had signature dishes like that and so now that these discoveries that I've researched and done myself I'm able to offer you know at these events or to clients and guests so you know that's that's been the process. Yeah. So you have that's dope that you're able to have it locally where you can just go get it. But what about people? Because I know that's a question probably people have for you a lot too. I feel like I can go in a store and get oyster mushrooms more so than I was years ago. So what about lion's mane? Because I feel like you don't really see those. You got to go look for them. So what suggestions do you have for people to find the mushrooms? Do you think they should grow them? What do you think? Yeah, a growing is always a good option. I think that. If you grow your mushrooms, it kind of helps you be hands-on with the experience a lot more. 
and uh, you have the access, you have the opportunity to grow them with me. Right now, we have a hold on our campaign, our Grow Mushrooms with Me campaign, but we do a Grow Mushrooms with Me campaign periodically uh, where you order your kits and um, you grow them in your home. It's super easy. The lion's mane takes a little longer than oyster mushrooms. You can go to oyster mushrooms in like seven days and have oyster mushrooms that you can do whatever you want with them. Or, you know, sometimes local Whole Foods have um, lion's mane mushrooms. Sometimes you can go to an international market um, and they have different varieties of mushrooms there. And you can either or you can just Google because this is one thing that has been very eye opening for me when it comes to people asking me where to get them from. A lot of people have mushroom farms in their cities, in their state that they know nothing about. So Mm -hmm. I'd be like, Google mushroom farms near me. You know what I mean? And you'll be surprised. You know what I'm saying? That you have a whole mushroom farmer or my colleges locally that just produce the mushrooms and want to sell some. There's even mushroom Facebook groups. So they're out there. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You got to tell us what are some good tips of taking care of your mushrooms? Like what, what should we know? So one thing to know is if you get a fresh thing of mushrooms that you should always get them in a paper bag. Or have like paper bags on deck at home so that you can store them in a paper bag. A paper bag keeps the mushrooms moist and they keep them fresh for at least up to a week. You know, after a week, you judge them based off how you, what you think, but I don't do mine after a week. <laughs> That's are, they a paper, are you putting them in a the fridge or are they on the counter? Where are they? Oh, they're putting them in the fridge. Okay. Put them in the fridge. They need to be in a cool space. Now, this was a very controversial one. I did a video. Man, I, I really got got some love hate on this video. <laughs> I did a video talking about cleaning tips for oyster mushrooms. And man, do you know a lot of people don't clean their mushrooms? And they say they don't clean them because... Sorry. Uh, they, they said they don't clean them because... The mushrooms are already clean um, because they grow out of like sawdust, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I do not. I, I clean everything I eat. I just do. And so I was telling people like you can do a quick rinse with your oyster mushrooms and pat dry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's not you do not soak them because mushrooms are made of water. So like when you so- soak a mushroom, it's going to change the texture of it and stuff. Um, but a lot of, a lot of half, it was half and half, half people agree with what I'm saying, what I was saying. And the other half was like, no, you're not, they're not dirty though. You know, I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where this came from. Let me go ahead and just put a little water on it. Yeah. What about cooking? Like what tips do you have for ensuring that the tech, cause I think a lot of the main reason why a lot of people don't like mushrooms is because of the texture, right? So what tips do you have to make it so that people are like more likely to even experiment with them, you know? Yeah. So if you go to the grocery store and get like the baby Bella mushrooms, you know, um, mushrooms are, first of all, like impossible to overcook, you know, unless you just completely like burn them. But um, if you go to the store and get the baby Bellas and you cut them up and you slice them up, put a little salt on it because salt will extract the water that's in it and some oil and put them in the oven with your seasonings and roast them for like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. 
you'll get a nice meaty mushroom that you can either eat over some rice or you can kind of like process more and and turn it into like a mushroom meatball and all that stuff if you know how to do all of those things but with the lion's mane uh lion's mane is a lot of water too there's a technique where you can press them down and uh get all the water out of those oysters are not as meaty uh, as uh watery so a lot of people do like a lot of frying with, with oyster mushrooms like at Shroomlicious, we do uh, oyster mushroom wings. Uh, we do like honey gold, pomegranate barbecue, garlic pepper, garlic mm-hmm. pepper. Like, you know, like you're going to a wing joint, but it's mushroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we just like fry those fresh. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't freeze the oyster mushrooms. I've heard people do that, but I don't like that. Ex- it, it hasn't been a great experience for me because it's made water. It's very technical, but you can you can freeze the lion's mane. You can freeze the lion's mane, and you can pan sear it, and it'll be fine. You know, and still press it. So, yeah, it's it, you know, it's so much to do in regards to cooking, and like even with with ramen, I use uh, the golden oyster mushrooms, and uh, just kind of do a quick fry on those, and then put them in the broth, and it's just so delicious. Mm-hmm. You eat mushrooms every day, mushroom queen. <laughs> I, wish I, did. I wish I did, but I don't. I don't even have any right. Well, I do. I have some oysters with me right now that I got because for Easter, um, we had an Easter dinner, and I couldn't eat anything but the oysters that I brought and I fried myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. How is that going with your family? Because I know you in the South, and like. Oh I know that you have your your customers are okay with it, but what about your family? Like, what are some of their thoughts? I know your nephew, just everybody. <laughs> my, my nephew will eat it. He likes the food. Certain stuff he don't like, but he he likes Shroomlicious food. My brother loves it. Uh, my brother lives with me now too. He he has realized he's lost weight actually. So because he's like he called my sisters and that was he was like, man, I've been staying with. Um, my nickname is Fruity. So he was like, I've been staying Fruity and, and I ain't ate no pork or nothing since I've been up here. <laughs> <And I was like, laughs> That's good for did, you. Did they say, you? oh, you sh- she's trying to starve you over there? <laughs> my mama came and stayed for two weeks and they had grilled pork chops and every, man, they had a, man, my nephew and my uh, brother was eating good. They're like, bro, we ain't ate like this in so long. And I was like, well, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I ain't we don't we don't do that here. You know, <laughs> they, they don't care, man. They just they could definitely clown me a lot. My family is big jokesters, so they clown the crap out of me. But they just let me do whatever I want to do. I just cook my own food. Like whenever I was a pescatarian for like a like a year ago, I uh, went to um we had Christmas dinner. I brought my own salmon and cook my, I always just cook my own food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the chef in you, right? You gotta, you wanna make sure it's good. <laughs> and then, they, then they'll want some of it. Like yesterday for Easter, I was like, man, hold up. What are the mushrooms? Oh, you know, uh, I'm like, what? So, yeah. I love that. Yes. Okay. Tell us about um the Grow Mushroom campaign. What what made you? Is this your campaign, or is it something that it just came from your following, or what? Where did this come from? So uh, the Grow Mushrooms with Me campaign came from just a thought, like I, I actually something that I dreamed about, and people asking me all the time where can I get mushrooms, or they were complaining about 
not getting, um, not having access to mushrooms. And this campaign has not only taught me a lot about teaching people about the the process of growing mushrooms, but it taught me taught me a lot in business too. I don't know if you hit on that in in these in your podcast, but the business side taught me a lot as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I had uh, our virtual assistant also. Uh, we still work together, but not in this, uh, as much as we used to. So she was like, hey, I found this mushroom company who I think you would be good for. I was really adamant about working with somebody that I could like, feel like the impact you know what i'm saying like like you know i wanted to work with someone who was not on not like a small small business but small enough that we could talk and pick up the phone and talk to each other and i could come and visit their space and really see what's going on you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i don't it ain't all about money you know what i'm saying it's all about the impact and so i had reached out to david from Hanosis. No, he he actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I heard that you're looking for a mushroom um, grower. I was going to work with someone in Arkansas, but he wasn't as he wasn't as ready to get started like as I was. I was like ready to go, you know. And so me and him, we sat down and we had a very long lunch and we laughed and we talked. And I said, hey, David, like I want to do 50 kits. Let's dedicate. it. I can give you 50. I think 50 of my followers would buy a kit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I believe they want to grow these mushrooms. So let's, let's offer that to them. You know, he said, okay, let's do it. We sold 300 kits. <laughs> like, Hold up. You know, we had to stop a little bit. So <laughs> I know this is crazy. And so, I, Hinosis is amazing. I, I really love his what he's doing over there. Uh, we have had a lot of challenges with the Grow Mushrooms campaign in regards to like logistics and him being a small business and me understanding how it should work. But far as like our partnership and and like you know making sure that you know the customers get their stuff, which they they did. But it just was a, it was hard to go from like, hey, we're planning from fifty to three hundred, right? That, that's been happening a lot for me. Like it's just, <laughs> I just want to do this tidbit, and it just takes off. And it's like, oh crap, we wasn't ready for all of this. Mm-hmm. So we've done three seasons, and each season has been really good. And we're taking a break right now because he's kind of like you. Like I cannot get Daisha on the phone. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I promise I'm gonna talk to you one of these days. Um, but. Uh-uh. <laughs> And uh, we talked yesterday, so you know. And I go to his farm every every so often, so we finally connected. But um, we're we're taking a, a a break from the grow mushrooms campaign. But what I love the most is the fact that people are so excited to grow mushrooms. They're so easy. They just one mist a day, and then like the next morning, you wake up with like a whole. You wake up with your dinner essentially. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I love like, that so cool and a lot of black women and black men i have a lot of black men that's in my dms asking mushroom questions legit like they like hey look you know what i'm saying like when the kids coming out again (laughs) bring that back roll it back (laughs) i love it so we working on uh ironing out those details for season four but it'll probably be sometime next year honestly yeah Yeah. this year has just been crazy 
so yeah. far like the fourth month but yeah but yeah it has been i'm sure for you <laughs> definitely so you got to tell me like what are you looking forward to not necessarily in business but just in life what are some things that you're looking forward to um i'm looking forward to a vacation i'm going to the bahamas in july <laughs> nice okay look at you I haven't been on a vacation in like years. That's sad. It's been years. Uh, it's been like a couple of years since I've been on vacation and I'm looking forward to the Bahamas, but um, I'm also looking forward forward to uh, just being able to take care of my health mm-hmm. um, more like I did, like I did before. It was all about my health and wellness, like only. And so I don't want to get lost in any of this. I want to be able to help people with the information they know, with the curiosity I have. I want to be able to pass that information along, but I also want to be able to take care of myself. So that's like a realization that came to me this year after realizing how like hard last year was, not only emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. It was just really hard last year. Like I just was like, which is simultaneously the year that I was growing be like, you know, growing yeah. crazy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. More like downtime, more time where I can maintain my lifestyle and, you know, maintain my lifestyle as far as like revenue wise and business wise, but not like be so stressed. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking for like that that break. I'm looking forward to it. And a little bit more organization. <laughs> mm, that's good. That's all good stuff. All good stuff. Tell us how we can support you. What you want us to do as far as following you. Anything else you want to close with? Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, a night in Shroomtopia. We have four different cities. Uh, I will say Chicago is almost sold out. I think we have only like 10 more tickets to Chicago. But we'll be in Miami. We'll be, uh, that'll be in August. I don't know the dates off the top of my head. But in August, I think it's August 22nd. Uh, and then we have Atlanta night. There's November 19th and <clears throat> Memphis is December 3rd. And we're going to follow with the after, after party in Memphis. That's going to be open to the public. So we're very excited about that. <clears throat> Stay tuned for the Grow Mushrooms campaign coming soon. And also if you are in Memphis or if you ever want to visit Memphis, my location, um, it's a ghost kitchen. And it's a pop up. It's called Shroomlicious Meals, aka the Vegan Pimps of Memphis. Hey. <laughs> um, we are open every Friday and Saturday for curbside pickup or delivery. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of my customers eat in their cars, um, and you know it's it's a really dope experience. And we're also at different events. We'll be at Chicago Vegandale, Vegandale Chicago. That's June tenth, I think. Um, and then we'll also be at the Memphis Vegan Festival, which is a really, really, really big event. So um, that's June 17th. So uh, hosted by Cynthia Daniels. So that is the lineup for events and where to catch us. Yes. Thank you so, 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 so much for being on the show. It was so good to get to know you. And I just look forward to continuing to work. Watch your success on the sidelines. <laughs> I want to, you know, give you your flowers too, friend. Thank you for this amazing podcast. And, you know what I'm saying? Allowing people to just have educational references to what's going on in our communities. You know what I mean? We need to know about what's going on and, and how healthy things are happening in our community. Yes, so true. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. You have a good one. 
You too.